Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you on this beautiful January 15th. Just stepped outside to get the mail, and it's a lovely day outside for a mid-January day, so I hope you're getting a chance to enjoy this day. And I'm also, as always, friends, thanking you for being a part of my day, for taking the time out of your day, out of the busyness of your day, to share this hour together with me and all of our domestic church media family that gathers from around the world at this time. And they do indeed, because we have received correspondence and messages from people in other parts of the country and even in other parts of the world. Got a nice little Facebook comment a few weeks ago from a viewer watching us on Facebook on, uh, from Cameroon in Africa. So you never know. And uh, we thank God for that opportunity. And I'm praying uh, it's on my heart, my brothers and sisters, that, that 2020 is going to be a continuing year of bringing the Word of God to so many more people. I just, I just, I just, I don't know, something, something on my heart that just <laughs> there's going to be an expansive explosion here of, of continued uh, opportunity, I should say, to get the Word out. So keep that in prayer. A lot of things in the works right now. Um, we're very, very happy, so happy um, uh, that we have received a an earmarked donation, uh, special from one of our board members, that's going to allow us, and we will have it uh, purchased and installed, a brand new control board here in the studio. The one we use here today and have been using is about 35 years old, and our engineer highly suggested Last year, we get it replaced because the company went out of business, so if we needed a part, we couldn't even find one. So, again, um, one of our domestic church media board members very generously made a, a very um, substantial donation that's allowing us to install a new board uh, in, in next month. And I'm excited because it's state-of-the-art, digital, and it's all. We can do so much more with it. And, again, I just think the Lord is allowing us to grow in so many different ways, so... Uh, but today, of course, is Wednesday. The Holy Father, early today in Rome, uh, at his general audience, concluded his catechesis on the Acts of the Apostles that he began, I believe it was the end, uh, end of last spring. So he's been teaching from the Acts uh, since then. But today he concluded that. So I want to share that with you. And then I, I haven't done this in a while. Uh, I used to really enjoy going and finding some inspirational writings, not uh, uh, sp- spiritual per se, um, but this is a story that I remember reading um, a number of years ago, and I don't even know if it has a title. Um, but there's no there's no acknowledged author to it. I always love those because I always figured they just dropped out of heaven because there's no acknowledged author to this particular story that talks about God's plan is only messy from our perspective. 
So I want to share that with you a little inspirational story, especially those of you who are listening or watching right now, maybe whose life seems uncertain. You don't know what God is asking of you. You don't know where he wants you to go. Uh, and we know that God draws straight with crooked lines, and, and, and we don't understand the crookedness of the lines with which he draws. So anyway, I'll share that with you uh, later on in the program as well. But first, we're going to pray, my friends, and reminding you also, of course, we are coming to you on our uh, network of domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. But also, don't forget, we're coming to you live on all these other platforms through the Amazon Alexa device, through the Google Home device, coming to you live on our streaming audio. And again, my brothers and sisters, if you have not yet downloaded your free domestic church media mobile app for your uh, mobile devices, your tablet or your phone, please do that. It's got so much in there. I use it all the time. I used to have multiple apps for a lot of what I use in there, Divine Office, Liturgy of the Hours, Daily Mass Readings, Mass Times, uh, the various uh, um, Catholic periodicals, our Sunday Visitor, National Catholic Register. It's all on our website, all on our uh, mobile app. So, And it's free. Download it, and you can have it. So and we, of course, stream our audio on there, as well as uh, our podcasts and our archive programs, both audio and video, are on there. You can watch the program because we're coming to you live right now on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. So you can watch us uh, on your smart TV right now. You can watch us on our mobile app. We have uh, our YouTube channel on there. Also coming to you live on our uh, Facebook page in video format, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And we're streaming video right now from our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, so you can watch the program there as well. So let's gather from however and wherever you are listening or watching and unite our hearts and minds as one as we raise our prayers to the Heavenly Father and, again, praying with and for each other for all these special intentions. And my brothers and sisters, I'll ask you to keep a special intention in your prayer for us. Um, Cheryl and I are going down to EWTN. Uh, We have something going on down there uh, in the beginning of March. And uh, just keep that in prayer. There's a lot happening in in the background here, and we're just praying about a lot of different things. So um, keep that in prayer as well. We pray our special prayer for the new year. We'll do this throughout January, uh, as we are now into the middle of this month already, praying for blessings upon this year. And so we begin, my friends, as we begin all good things, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O sacred and adorable Trinity, hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all who are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during this coming year, the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers. Soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship. Give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies, if we have any. And I didn't write that myself. That's actually in this prayer, by the way. Assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those whom this past year has taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during the coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspirations and carried on by thy assistance so that all our prayers and works having been begun in thee may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And as our Holy Father, Pope Francis, asked us to do about a year and a half ago, 
Let's pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers daily, on a daily basis, to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we conclude by praying, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying together with us here. Uh, don't forget this coming Monday, uh, coming up, uh, is the third Monday of January, and as he does on the first and third Mondays of every month, our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be here and at 3 o'clock live for his program, Come to the Throne, where he throws open the virtual prayer tent and invites you to call in, email, text, however you get your prayer requests to us, to pray with Bruce live at 3 o'clock on Monday from 3 to 4 for all of your special intentions. You can also send us your prayer requests anytime, and I encourage you to do that. You know, we have a special uh, email set up. If you have a prayer request that uh, you need to have um, to us right away, you can email that request to pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. Very simple. Pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. You just email your prayer request that way, and we will get that. Uh, but again, coming up Monday, Bruce DeBacco will be here for his program, Come to the Throne. On the first and third Mondays of every month, Bruce is here to open up the airwaves to pray with you, pray for you. And of course, Bruce will be with me again, and Cheryl, uh, for our Radiothon 2020, and that's going to be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, it'll be here before you know it, and we do it once a year. It's my desire that we only have to have these Radiothons once a year <laughs> to help us uh, to pay uh, to keep this operation going. I was just sharing uh, with uh, our friend Jason Porzinski and, and uh, Father Jason Porzinski and uh, Coach John McKenna, who were here recording their brand-new program, uh, Just Be You, uh, airs on Tuesdays at uh, 3.30 and Saturdays at 9 a.m., but sharing with them the importance of our Radiothon and why we have it. You know, it costs us about $380,000, I think, a year to operate all of our stations and all that goes with it. And our Radiothon is our major fundraiser every year. <clears throat> we do it once a year, and um, we raise about uh, 40, 41, 42 percent of what we need for the year. I'd love to see that number go up. I'd love to see us raise much more than that so that we don't have to ask you throughout the year. But we'll put it in God's hands. But keep the mark, mark your calendars for those. We always have a lot of fun. It's always very exciting to see if we meet our goals. And uh, you might recall last year it was <laughs> rather uh, uh, entered into it rather precariously because Bruce got ill, couldn't be here the first two days. Cheryl stepped in, did a great job, and we just had a lot of fun. 
and we were able to make it the best Radiothon to that point, and I'm praying that this year it'll be the best one yet. Uh, it's April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's the week before Holy Week, as we do every year. And uh, just ask you to start praying now. You know, just ask the Holy Spirit, because I know there are many people who listen and watch who can really make major, major impact on um, our fundraising efforts. So pray about that, because we're going to start planning. We have a planning meeting next week to discuss our strategies and really, more than anything, just invoke the Holy Spirit. We put it in His hands. And uh, this year, I'd like our theme to be one of of unity. I want us to be unified and united as the body of Christ and to really stress that, because there's such power in that. The devil has an enormous advantage over us if we allow him to divide us. You see, he loves to divide and conquer, but I want to bring us together as one unified, mystical body of Christ. And there's enormous power in that. And so that is going to be our theme this year. And I haven't come up with the exact theme yet, but it's going to be one of unity and and, and being one body. So we'll talk more about that as we go along. But, but keep those, keep that in your prayers more than anything. Those dates, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, are Radiothon 2020 uh, taking place. And um, three days of, of a lot of excitement, a lot of fun, special guests, and all types of great things happen during those three days. It's, a, it's a three days of miracles. And uh, we have the Blessed Sacrament exposed here. We have people before the, the Eucharistic Lord throughout the Radiothon praying for success. And it's an exciting time. It'll be here before you know it. I know today it's only January 15th, but it'll be here before you know it. All right, let's go to Holy Father. This was from this morning. Um, he concluded his teaching. Uh, he began this, I, I believe, last, last spring uh, during his general audiences, teaching from the Acts of the Apostles. And today he concluded these teachings, uh, telling uh, pilgrims at the audience today, that even if the church is persecuted and chained, it never tires of welcoming with a motherly heart. So let's listen to what the Holy Father had to teach today. He said, um, well, actually, they were in, in St. Uh, um, Paul the Sixth Hall, not out in the square, because this time of year, the weather in Rome can be a little damp, cold, chilly. Uh, so anyway, they were in the hall, and... He was concluding the teaching today, as I said, the, the, the Acts of the Apostles, with the last missionary stage of St. Paul and his journey to Rome. The Holy Father told those who gathered that Paul's journey, which was one with that of the gospel, is proof that man's journeys, if lived in faith, can become a space of transit for God's salvation, capable of transforming situations and opening up new paths. Now, I got to tell you, as I'm reading this, you know, I always put, I always say, and I mean it, that the producer of this program is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'll pray, and I'll go into the chapel and kind of ask the Lord where he wants me to go each day with these programs. And, of course, today being Wednesday, I didn't know what the Holy Father was teaching until I get here and start reading off of my uh, prompter here, my my, uh, screen. And then... Earlier this day, as I was praying, I, I felt that it would be uh, powerful to be able to read that, what I'm going to share with you later on. It's, a, it's an anonymous, there's no author, author unknown of this writing about God's ways being messy to us. And words, the way we see how God works, it doesn't always make sense to us, does it? So these, these both, the Holy Father's teaching now and that particular reading, they kind of tie in in a sense, because the Holy Father reminds us that 
Paul's journeys, and we know Paul had a lot of setbacks. St. Paul had a lot of setbacks on his journeys, didn't he? But it's proof, Holy Father said, that man's journeys, if lived in faith, can become a space of transit for God's salvation, capable of transforming situations and opening up new paths. We never know, do we? The Holy Father noted that Luke ends the book of the Acts not with Paul's martyrdom, but by describing his tireless proclamation of the gospel, showing the power of God's word, which can never be chained. I think of this as well, you know, if you were with us on Friday for Bishop O'Connell's program, he was talking about how every Christmas uh, in the morning, every Christmas morning, he'll go over to the New Jersey State Prison and celebrate Mass for the prisoners. And he said there are many, many men in that prison who listen to this radio station, listen to these broadcasts. And I've said this all along. And one of the first letters I ever received when we went on the air back in 2008 on 1260 AM, our first major AM station here in New Jersey, within just a few weeks of that first broadcast, I received uh, and began receiving not just one, but multiple letters from prisoners, both down at the Fort Dix Federal Prison and also from the New Jersey State Prison here, from prisoners who were saying how much they appreciated being able to listen to Catholic radio. And I would stress with my listeners and those benefactors and supporters, or those even those who were trying to decide whether or not to support domestic church media, is that the Word of God through our broadcasts even pierces prison walls. There's nothing stopping us from going into the prisons here. There's nothing stopping us from going into places where the Word of God would never, ever have been heard, perhaps. I know there are many people who listen to our stations and our broadcasts in their cars. That's a a very, probably the most popular place to listen to radio, isn't it? In your car. And I know there are people who listen to our radio broadcasts and don't even admit it. They don't want anybody thinking they're a holy roller or anything, but they close the windows They put the radio on, they're by themselves, their car becomes a little sanctuary, and they listen to Catholic radio. And the Word of God pierces the prison of a hardened heart, even. That's the power of what we do here. That's the power of what you do when you pray for us and support us. We've received, uh, over the course of our many years on the air, letters from people who have been converted to the faith because of what they've heard here. And so Holy Father today, in his teaching about St. Paul, reminds us that St. Luke ends the book of the Acts of the Apostles not with Paul's dying, his martyrdom, but by describing how tirelessly he proclaimed the gospel, showing the power of God's word, which can never be chained. And you think about that, as I said, No one can stop our word or the word of God through us going to places where it would never go. You know, there are people who uh, listen to our station. They tell us who found us by accident. I was flipping up and down the dials and I found you by accident. No, you didn't find us by accident. The Holy Spirit led you to us. 
because there'd be no other way that you ever would have been exposed to these truths except by listening to these broadcasts. God's word can never be chained, Pope Francis said. He went on to say that Paul's missionary journeys culminating in Rome reveal the power of God's grace to open hearts to the gospel and its saving message. How many people do do we know, my brothers and sisters, who have left the church, who are nominal in their faith, who are lukewarm in the practice of their religion, that we feel there's no way they can ever be changed or return to the fullness of the faith. But the Holy Father reminds us through St. Paul's missionary journeys that led him to Rome should show to us and reveal to us the power of God's grace to open hearts to the gospel and its saving message. You know, I'm sure we all know people, and I'm sure we all do. Everybody who listening, watching right now, we all know people, whether it be direct family members or friends or acquaintances who we know should be practicing Catholics who have stopped going to Mass, who question the authority of the Church. I, I, I know people like that in my own life. And every day, my brothers and sisters, every day in my prayer, in my communions, at daily Mass, or at Mass and weekends, whenever I go, I always pray that those hearts, and I, I bring to mind those individuals, those hearts are open to the grace of God to open their hearts to the saving message of the gospel. The Holy Father... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I just missed my little, missed my little spot here, sorry. He recalled that in Rome, Paul, first of all, meets his brothers and sisters in Christ who welcome him and give him courage and whose warm hospitality makes one think of how much his arrival was awaited and desired. So he's welcomed by like-minded brothers and sisters. And despite his condition as a prisoner, the Holy Father said Paul could meet with notable Jews to explain why he was forced to appeal to Caesar and to speak to them about the kingdom of God. He tried to convince them about Jesus, starting from the scriptures and showing the continuity between the newness of Christ and the hope of Israel. And the Holy Father said that Paul announces the kingdom of God and tries to open the interlocutors to faith in Jesus. Since not everyone is convinced, the Holy Father said, he denounces the hardening of the heart of God's people the cause of their condemnation and celebrates with passion the salvation of nations which shows themselves to be sensitive to God and capable of listening to the word of the gospel of life. If you think about St. Paul and all the wonderful men and women, holy men and women down through the ages in the course of our great church's history, even though they may face obstacles like that, may come face to face with a hardened heart, will never stop proclaiming the saving message of the gospel. And this is the responsibility of every single one of us who are baptized into Christ. 
we have that same mission of doing that. And as we say so often, you know, it's not a matter of beating people over the head with a catechism. It's how we live. And hoping people, first of all, see the witness of our living the gospel message. Because if we don't live it, we're, we're hypocrites. If we, if we don't live it and we teach it and we tell others to live it, you know, do what I say, not what I do, we're hypocrites, liars. So first of all, we have to get ourselves straightened out and make sure we're living the gospel authentically and living an authentic discipleship in Christ. Because if we don't do that, people see right through it. Our spiritual director once told me that people are drawn to authenticity. And they, they if you can live your baptism and, and live the gospel message, people will see the authenticity in that and be open more to that, become like that. So Holy Father is pointing out that that's what Paul faced when he got to Rome. First, he was welcomed by those who did believe and, and brothers and sisters like-minded, but then had to face the others who didn't hold that opinion. And at this point, the Holy Father pointed out, Luke concludes his work by showing us not the death of Paul, but by the dynamism of his sermon, of a word that is not chained. Paul does not have the freedom to move, but is free to speak because the word is not chained, but it is a word ready to be sown with full hands by the apostles, the Holy Father said. And then Pope Francis said, Paul does this with a frankness and without impediment in a house where he welcomes those who want to receive the proclamation of the kingdom of God and to know Christ. This house, open to all hearts and search, is the image of the church which through I'm sorry, which though persecuted, misunderstood and chained, never tires of welcoming with a motherly heart every man and woman to proclaim to them the love of the Father who made himself visible in Jesus. And we have a long way to go. You know, you hear a little spot we run on, on, on the air from our dear Mother Angelica who said there are six, six billion people in the world and we've got to reach them all. Because that was recorded 20 years ago. Maybe there are 7 billion people in the world now, some say. And maybe a billion and a half Catholics. It's a long way to go. And it's not that we want people to be Catholic for the sake of being Catholic. We want people to be Catholic because it's the one true church founded by Christ himself. You can go through every other denomination, Christian denomination, and we have a lot more in common with most of these denominations than not. But they don't have the fullness of that faith because they were not founded by Christ. They denominated from the church that was founded by Christ. Think about that. God bless them all, our Methodist friends, our Presbyterian friends, our Episcopalian friends, all of our friends in, in the Christian tradition. But it's the Catholic Church that we can go back to its founding right to Christ himself who said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And all the other Christian churches down through the ages denominated from the Catholic Church, broke away from the Catholic Church. 
the Catholic Church is not a denomination. We didn't denominate from anything. <laughs> We're the Church of the Christ himself founded. So when people leave the Catholic Church, they're leaving the Church founded by Christ himself. You know, you think about it. We run those spots, those Catholic come-home spots, which are beautiful. And you know, these are real people. They're not actors and actresses just reading script. They're real people expressing their uh, feelings about when they left the church, why they left the church, and then realizing what they left and why they want to come back. And how often so many of them say, I missed the Eucharist because it's Christ himself. We can find a lot of reasons to leave the church, a lot of excuses. But the church is made up of, of people, sinners, people who are, are, are of fallen nature, who tend towards sin, who by their concupiscence lean in the direction of sinning from the Pope down. Nobody's exempt from that. But it is the church that Jesus found. I was doing the statistics the other day, uh, thinking, you know, the first hierarchy of the church, the 12 apostles, chosen by Christ himself. About 8% of that first hierarchy, magisterium, whatever you want to call it, the 12 apostles, 8% of them, meaning Judas, was a traitor. The church has been imperfect in that way from the very beginning. But I'm not in this church because of any, any, any deacon, priest, bishop, cardinal, or pope. I'm in this church because of Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that's why you are too. And that's what unites us. And so Holy Father said at the end of this, uh, the Acts, St. Luke doesn't end it with the martyrdom of, of Paul, but rather showing us that Paul, as a preacher, proclaimed to them, to all uh, to whom he preached, the love of the Father who made himself visible in Jesus. And that's what we're to do every single day as well. I'll take a break when I come back. A lovely little writing on the messiness of God's plan. So stay where you are, my friends. I'll be back with more on Come to Me. Don't go away. Hi, this is Tim Staples from Catholic Answers Live. You're listening to Domestic Church Radio. Catholic Answers Live can be heard Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to tune in to listen and participate with your questions. We look forward to hearing from you on Catholic Answers Live right here on Domestic Church Radio.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. Jenkintown to Jackson. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, and we're going to go to a, a lovely little writing, Author Unknown. I love those, because I always feel that they were brought down by the angels, uh, on the messiness of God's plan. If you have a situation in your life right now that doesn't seem to be making any sense, and you're wondering, where is God in all of this? Wait till I read this uh, little piece to you. You'll really enjoy that. Before we get to that, though, um, you heard a little spot there for Friday Live. i just let you know what's going to be happening this Friday. When Cheryl joins me at 4 o'clock, we're going to have on the program a um, author named Christina Chase, written a book called It's Good to Be Here. She is um, disabled. 
and she's written a book on that uh, about God's plan in her life. And then later on, a wonderful friend of the apostolate, uh, Paul Thigpen, who has written a book called Saints Who Saw Hell. So he's going to share that with us. Uh, Paul Thigpen will be here, as will Jim Hoffman with the weather, music talk, and uh, Saint of the Day, all kinds of stuff. So join Cheryl and me, 4 o'clock on Friday for Friday Live. And uh, again, I want to remind you of uh, our two newest offerings here at Domestic Church Media. On um, uh, Tuesdays at 3.30 and repeating again on Saturday at 9 a.m., Just Be You. And it uh, features Father Jason Porzinski and Coach John McKenna from Notre Dame High School. And it's a wonderful program, half-hour program, really geared toward athletics and athletes, young athletes. Uh, but a lot of great spiritual insight there. So join Father Jason and, and, and Coach McKenna Tuesdays at 3.30 and Saturdays at 9 for Just Be You. And then our friends from the Camden Diocese are, have so graciously provided us each week with their program, Talking Catholic, uh, Mike Walsh, who's the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Camden, is joined by uh, a rotating uh, crew of co-hosts, uh, and that airs every Sunday at 11 a.m., and then again Mondays at 4 p.m., Talking Catholic, an hour-long program. So we're happy to have them join us here. Uh, and, you know, as I was thinking uh, today about all the wonderful many blessings the Lord bestows on us, so many of our uh, programs now that we're able to bring to you locally, which has always been very important to me, I, I would never, ever uh, dismiss the importance of our affiliation with EWTN. And it was Mother Angelica herself who gave me the great commission to come back to this part of the country and do what we're doing here. And you can't beat the programming produced by EWTN. But it is so important that we have these local programs like Just Be You with Father Jason and Coach McKenna or uh, Brothers in Arms with Bill Maher and George Rose, the, uh, the program from the Diocese of Camden talking Catholic with Mike, with Mike Walsh. Of course, the bishop is here every first Friday. Uh, Bruce DeBacco is here on the first and third Mondays with his program, Come to the Throne. Cheryl joins me on Fridays. She, now we bring, brought back her uh, music history program that we— uh, we're able to uh, salvage from the uh, cyber attack we had last year. Uh, but all these people, first of all, they're all volunteers. They don't get paid to be hosting these programs. But it adds a whole different light to what we do here because it's local. And these are people that are part of your community, people that come to you from your parishes, and we're able to bring and make local announcements and things. So um, mentioning that, I just want to also mention that tonight— uh, at 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock at St. Gregory the Great, right here in Hamilton, there's going to be a holy hour. And it's, uh, as I said, begins at 7 p.m. Healing prayer teams in the church are, will be there. At, uh, and then at 8 p.m., rosary for our country at 8.30. I'm sorry, rosary for the country at 6.30 in the church. Come and adore our Lord, experience God's healing love with a reflection according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, music by members of Shepherd's Keep, hosted by the Marian servants of the Holy Family. So that's 7 to 9 tonight, but I guess the rosary is at 6.30, and then the holy hour, which is really a holy two hours, from 7 to 9 at St. Gregory the Great. So, you know, take some time away from the TV, the newspapers, magazines, your internet, whatever you do, all those things distracting you can go over to St. Greg's tonight at 7 o'clock. we actually get there at 6.30 for the rosary. And then from 7 to 9, spend some time with our Lord in Eucharistic adoration. 
That's at 4620 Nottingham Way in Hamilton Square. So uh, take that time if you can and spend some time with Jesus. It's so important. It helps you really put things in perspective. And to be in the living presence of the Lord is uh, just nothing nothing like it, nothing better. So uh, tonight, 630 Rosary, 7 o'clock, the Holy Hour, St. Gregory the Great, 4620 Nottingham Way in Hamilton Square. So let's go to this uh, writing. And this is something I found many, many, many years ago. I remember first reading it, and I always like to share these, especially the ones that have author unknown, because there's no, no credit. So I always say, it's, as I said, it's God himself, divinely inspired, brought down from heaven by the angels. But I share this with you because when I first read it, I was at a point in my life where I really wasn't too sure where God wanted me to be, and everything didn't seem to be making any sense. Still, in a lot of ways, things don't make sense to me as I go through this apostolic work. A little more sense now, but in the beginning it didn't, and, and there was a time in my life where I really wasn't too sure. So maybe there are some of you right now thinking, where, where does God want me to be? What is he trying to tell me? Where is he leading me? I look and I don't see him. I, I don't hear him. I don't know what, he, what he's doing in, in, in my life, and I'm just so confused, and everything just seems to be a mess. Any of you listening or watching right now like that or know anybody? who is, listen to this little story. Again, author unknown, fictional story, but listen to what it says. When I was a little boy, my mother used to embroider a great deal. I would sit at her knee and look up from the floor and ask what she was doing. She informed me that she was embroidering. I told her that it looked like a mess from where I was. As from the underside, I watched her work within the boundaries of the little round hoop that she held in her hand, I complained to her that it sure looked messy from where I sat. She would smile at me, look down, and gently say, my son, you go about your playing for a while, and when I'm finished with my embroidering, I'll show you on my knee and let, I'm sorry, I'll put you on my knee and let you see it from my side. I would wonder why she was using some dark threads along with the bright ones and why they seemed to be so jumbled up from where I viewed it. A few minutes would pass, and then I would hear Mother's voice say, My son, come sit on my knee. I did this only to be surprised and thrilled to see a beautiful flower or a sunset. I couldn't believe it because from underneath it looked so messy. Then mother would say to me, my son, from underneath, it did look messy and jumbled, but you did not realize that there was a pre-drawn plan on the top. It was a design. I was only following it. Now, look at it from my side, and you'll see what I was doing. Many times through the years, I've looked up to my heavenly father and said, Father, what are you doing? And he has answered, I'm embroidering your life. I say, but it looks like a mess to me. It seems so jumbled. The threads seem so dark. Why can't they all be bright? The father seems to tell me, my child, you go about your business of doing my business, and one day I'll bring you to heaven and put you on my knee 
and you'll see the plan from my side. And it said, author unknown. And I remember the first time I read this, my friends, I was at a point in my own life where I really wasn't too sure where God wanted me to be or why things looked like such a mess from where I stood. And even now, perhaps, you know, we may be in that situation. Why are things happening the way they're happening? Why are things not clear to me? Why does it look all jumbled? Why all the dark threads in my life? And we know that God has a plan for each and every single one of us. And he never, ever would abandon us. It doesn't make any sense sometimes when we look at our life. Why, why did it happen this way? Why did that person do this? Why did that person say that? Why, why did this job end? Why, why did I lose the my bank account? Why did I lose my house? Why did I lose a loved one? It's a mess. Just a mess. And we ask God, why? What are you doing? Right? How many times have you said that to God? God, what, what are you doing to me here? And even in this life, we may never even know. Sometimes we get, we you know, we, we can become Monday morning quarterbacks and see things a bit more clearly after we get through the rough times and look back and say, ah, now I know why. But I'm sure there are many times in this life where we're not going to know the answer or the reason why until we get to sit on the Lord's knee and let him show it from his perspective why things happened the way they happened, why things are the way they are. I don't know. We're going to have on the program, as I said on Friday, uh, that author. Her name is in front of me, Christina Chase, who is physically disabled, who's written a book called "It's Good to Be Here." <laughs> you know, we may we may look at other people who are in situations, whether they be financial or emotional or physical, and say, how can that person be so happy? Look at them. Look at where they are. Look at the, uh, the situation, the condition they're in. But until we get there and understand from God's perspective, it may not make any sense. But from God's perspective, everything makes sense. There is a plan that he's following. Did you know that every single one of us, everyone listening, watching right now, has a mission in life that God gives you? And I remember telling my children when they were growing up, because I heard this one time uh, when I was uh, a young parent. And, you know, as a young parent, Everything, everything changes. Your perspectives shift. Your, your, you know, your focus shift. You, you know, there's responsibilities. I remember when, you know, when Cheryl and I first got married, it, it was two and a half, three years before we had our first child. We had a couple of miscarriages in the middle, but, um, you know, when it's just a couple, you have a lot more freedom. You can do what you want to do. You can sleep late. You can go on, you know, a weekend jaunt. And, you know, once the babies start coming, all that changes. And all of a sudden you say, well, now I know I have to, 
make sure that I, you know, have a good job and good, good salary and support my wife and my children. And uh, I, I remember uh, hearing on the radio that you, and I told my kids, would tell my children this, to, as far as vocation in life, if you do in your life, if your vocation is doing what you love to do, you never work a day in your life. And it's so true. But that's God's mission, you know. And sometimes, you know, we have tough times. We have to take the jobs that we may not like or may not uh, enjoy as much, but we know that our vocation is not our job necessarily. If our, my vocation is as a, as a father and a husband, and I need to provide for my wife and children, my family, my job will help me to live that vocation. And we don't know. Life is, life is you know, so confusing at times to so many of us that we don't really understand God's way. And he tells us that, God, my ways are not your ways. But all we need to do is just to pray for an understanding of God's will, an acceptance of it, the grace to accept it, and the grace to do it. And when that happens, then, yes, we don't work a day in our lives. We're doing what God wants, what our mission is. But if we look up and we, 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 we don't try to understand what we're seeing, what we're doing, where we're going, it does look like a mess. How many times have we, again, cried out to God and said just that? God, this is a mess. <laughs> My life is a mess. I, and I, I can tell you, my friends, as I've, as I've been meditating, contemplating yesterday here in the chapel, thinking back to, okay, how did all this begin for me? And I was sharing with Father Jason and Coach McKenna earlier that my first radio experience, the first time I ever sat behind a microphone on the radio, I was 15 years old. And you know how this came about? I, I grew up in New Brunswick, up here in central Jersey. I went to St. Peter's uh, Elementary and High School. We were parishioners at St. Peter's Parish in New Brunswick. And every year, the local radio station in New Brunswick, WCTC, would broadcast on Christmas Eve a Christmas... Eve service, whether it was Protestant or Catholic, they would always put on a Christmas, broadcast live a Christmas Eve service. And this particular year, it was 1971, I was a sophomore in high school, WCTC said that they would like to broadcast, and at that time it was a midnight mass, it was actually a midnight, from St. Peter's Church in New Brunswick. And the priest at the parish, then Father, now Monsignor Corona, who's still with us, and I got to know Father very well in high school. But he came to me, and whether he heard, you know, my voice has been this deep since I was in sixth grade, so <laughs> he said to me, would you like to narrate the Mass on the radio? They're going to broadcast the Mass, but, you know, there are obviously points during the course of the Mass, if people aren't familiar with it, what's going on. So I said, why, sure, why not? So I sat behind the microphone. It was in the sacristy of St. Peter's Church. 
father, Corona, had written out a script for me to read. I couldn't see what was going on on the altar because I was in the sacristy, but I, I knew the mass, obviously, so I knew what was happening, and I would read the script. And that was my first radio experience, was, was narrating the Midnight Mass from St. Peter's Church in 1971. And it kind of enlivened in me a desire to do more of that. I really enjoyed the radio. And so that was uh, almost 50 years ago and see how God works. But along the way, there were many diversions and distractions and and, uh, other paths taken or desires of my own that were not God's that would have led me in a different direction. It was a mess. I didn't know what God wanted. And I was thinking also the other day, yesterday we were uh, last evening babysitting for our grandchildren. And I was sitting there, and, and uh, my granddaughter fell asleep. We were, we were watching something, and she was it was late, later than her. She had been up for, hadn't taken a nap, I guess, so she fell asleep. And she was sitting. I was on the couch, and she was kind of under my arm with her head rested against me. And I was sitting there, and she was fast asleep. And I was thinking back to, and it was 35 years ago. It was Christmas Eve. 1984. <laughs> sure, will always ask me, how do you remember these dates? I don't know, but I do. It was Christmas Eve, 1984. A week earlier, I had met Cheryl for the first time, but didn't know what our life was going to be because she just was auditioning to be my piano player. So she had gone back to see, and we met once, auditioned, she was great. She went back to spend Christmas with her family. It was Christmas Eve, and I was so lonely. I just felt like I was, I just, I was, I had just turned 30 years old. I didn't even have a girlfriend. I thought, where am I going? My Lord, what do you want? I was playing that Sinatra song over and over. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Just to make myself feel sad. <laughs> and my life was pretty much a mess. I looked up and I just saw a mess on that Christmas Eve in 1984. But I always say, it was just one year later, Christmas Christmas Eve, 1985, I was three days away from my wedding. And as I sat there on my couch last, on my, I should say, it was at my son's house, and daughter-in-law's house, and my little Charlotte was fast asleep under my arm, and I was thinking, in 35 years, all that the Lord has blessed me with, and that Christmas Eve in 1984, it seemed like nothing made any sense and nothing was going anywhere. And, I, and my life was just without direction, without purpose, nothing. I felt so much uh, isolated and, ugh. But you see how God works? You see how God's plan, of course, not our plan, not our ways, but he's always with us. And we just have to be patient and pray for the grace to know, understand, and do his will, and watch what happens. So this writing, if you, if you want to Google it, I, I, just, I just did a Google search for it. Um, I think I just Googled something like uh, um, embroidery, God's mess or something, and it comes up. God's plan is only messy from our perspective. Things don't make sense. Sometimes they, they just seem like it's just 
completely, we're completely lost. But whether in this life or eventually sitting on our Father's knee in heaven, we'll see the whole picture. We'll get it. We'll understand it and especially experience his love. Because that's what it's all about. He's not doing this for any other reason than because he loves us. And he who sees all things as the present moment knows exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it, how much of it we need, and why we need it. So if you're in that position or know anybody who is, don't despair. Just pray. Be at peace. Ask the Lord for wisdom and guidance, understanding to know and do his will. And you'll see. Things will begin to, eh, the storm may not end right away. You may have to go through a few more other, you know, rough, rough waves and, and, and uh, strong winds. But he'll calm the storm for you. And you'll see his plan come to fruition the way he saw it in the most perfect way. In all perfection. And you'll be led to see his plan from his perspective and understand why things happen the way they did, why things are the way they are. But you'll have a greater and better understanding of that. So check it out. You can Google God's plan, embroidery, messy, just throw in those, those key words like that, and you'll find it. It's a beautiful little story, especially for anybody who is right now undergoing some uncertainty, some not sure where they are or what, what they need. Trust in God. Believe that he will never leave you. He, he has the plan all laid out, and he's following it, and you follow him, and you'll see how it all comes together. All right, I got to go tomorrow, Thursday, Catechism Day. I'll be back, God willing. Have a great rest of your day, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for being here with me. You know I love being here with you. Uh, until we meet again, have a great and happy, holy rest of your day. God bless you, and God love you. In me.